Come on, isn't he worthy of praise this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're worthy of all of the glory, all of the honor, all of the praise. Come on, lift your hands. It makes me want to shout. for what he's done you're thankful for who he is oh I can't help but get excited when I talk about the name of Jesus when I talk about what he's done for me amen amen turn to your neighbor and tell him there's nobody like Jesus there's nobody like Jesus amen Remain standing with me for a minute. If you are a guest, if this is your first, second, third, 18th time in the building, we are honored that you are here. Thank you so much for being here on this Sunday morning. Would you help me welcome our guests? Amen. We hope you come back. I am, for those of you who don't know, maybe you came and were expecting Pastor Bounds. I am not Pastor Bounds. And so if you don't like what you hear this morning, come back next week and it will be great. It will be great. Pastor wanted to be here uh, today, but uh, is at Quizzing Nationals with his children and uh, they have done just a tremendous job. You'll be hearing more about that. We've got, we've got the best, some of the best quizzers in the nation right out of this church. Yeah, yeah. Last year, last year we did something. We just did something in the quizzing world that has never been done. We won nationals in both junior Bible quizzing and senior Bible quizzing. Out of all of North America, hundreds of teams, both teams came out of this church. Isn't that awesome? And so that's where they are. Uh, that's where they are this this week, trying to trying to keep the belt. <laughs> trying to keep the title. All right. Um, let's go to Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18. I'm going to read there, and then I'm going to read 2 Peter 3 and 18. A lot of 18s today. Amen. Amen. Honey, I love you. You're so pretty. I'm so thankful for you. Amen. Amen. She fine. That's all. I won't say anymore. Matthew 16 and 18. And I, Jesus is speaking here. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter. Everybody say Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. 2 Peter 3 and 18. 
the last recorded words of Peter. The same Peter that Jesus spoke to here. Last recorded words of Peter. But grow, I'll tell you what, let's read it together. 2 Peter 3 and 18, is it up there? 2 Peter 3, there it is. Let's read it together, are you ready? But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Amen. I want to preach to you this morning, and I won't preach long. I'm going to preach to you this. Peter's revelation. Peter's revelation. This is going to be different this morning, okay? Uh, maybe as uh, different as I've ever preached, but uh, it's going to be different. But uh, I believe the Lord's going to help us this morning. Would you, would you just lift your hands toward heaven and ask the Lord to speak to you today? Jesus, we love you. God, we are thankful for your, your presence. We're thankful for your word, God, that gives us power and strength and knowledge. Lord, I pray that you would give us understanding, Lord, of, of the life of Peter today. God, of what you were trying to show us through Peter's life, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Peter's revelation. Peter's revelation. I want to give you a little bit of background about Peter. Some of you may know this, but some of you might not. Peter grew up, uh, he was a Galilean, grew up as a Galilean fisherman. His dad was a fisherman, and so just kind of as a family trade, he, he also became a fisherman. He had a brother, a brother Andrew. His original name, does anybody know what his original name was? Simon, that's right. His original name is Simon. He came, the brothers came from the village, village of Bethesda. Um, also a fun fact about Peter that Young people didn't know. I don't know if you know it or not, but young people didn't know it. The young people didn't know it. Peter was married. Peter was a married man. Some of you are like, I did not know that. Peter was a married man, all right? He was, he was a married man. Peter, Peter grew up in this region, and you'll find that, that he has a, just an amazing story, just an amazing story of his life with Christ, but you'll find in John chapter 1 and verse 40, if you'll throw that up there, you'll find in John chapter, now, now let, me, let me warn you right here, I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit, all right? I'm going to talk a little while and then we're going to preach, all right? And then God's going to do something. You believe that? Just, just let, me, let me get off the runway here for a minute. Let me, let, let me talk to you. Peter uh, meets Jesus in John chapter 1 and 40. Fun fact uh, for, for those who study your Bible, the first time Peter met Jesus was not on the seashore when Jesus said, come and follow me. If you'll study it out, Jesus or Peter first met Jesus after hearing the message that John preached. John was preaching about how many know that John the Baptist came before Jesus Christ, preparing the way of the Lord. Peter and Andrew were two of the men who heard the message of John and believed the message of John. And so John chapter 1 and verse 40, one of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew. Go to the next, go to the next verse. Maybe. Go to the next verse. 
John 1, 41. There we go. He first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah. Is there more to that verse? If there is, go on. Which is being interpreted the Christ. Andrew tells Peter, Andrew tells Simon, We have found the Messiah. You've got to go meet him. All right, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to meet him for yourself. He takes him to Jesus. He he shows up to where Jesus is. Andrew and Simon are here. They show up to where Jesus is. Jesus says instantly to him, "You are Simon." Never met him before. Never never encountered him before. He said, "You're Simon, but I'm going to call you Cephas, which means a stone." How how would you feel? Uh, how would you feel if you met somebody for the first time and first and first they said, you're, you're forgive me for using your first name, you're Gary, but I'm going to call you Ed. <laughs> first of all, super cool that you knew my name, but what's up with this? Cephas, why, why are you, we just met, you're, you're calling me something different. And he said, he said I'm going to call you Cephas, which means a stone that will play out a little later in his life. But let, let, me, let me say something right from here. Pete, Jesus knew who Peter was before Peter ever met him. Jesus knew who he was before he ever stepped in his presence. Amen. And God knows before you ever step into his presence, before you've ever stepped into this church on this Sunday morning, before you ever prayed your first prayer, Jesus knew who you were. Bible records in Jeremiah that before I formed thee in the belly, God said, I knew you and I ordained you. God knew who you were before you knew him. And I'll go a little further than that. Before you knew him, God died for you. Before you knew him, God, amen, made a way so that you could know him, know his mercy. No, I'm going to get ahead of myself here. Amen. Before you came to him, he knows and knew who you were. But he also knows who you will be. He knows who you will become. He knew that, that Simon would one day be called Peter, which is a stone. He, Peter didn't have no clue what was going on, but Jesus spoke immediately to his future about who he would become. Jesus knows in this building today who you can become. Jesus sees potential in us when we don't see potential in our own selves. I'm going to tell you, the world will write you off. The world will bid you farewell. The world will give you a doctor's report that says there is no hope. But when Jesus is in the picture, there is always a future. There is always a promise of, oh, can I preach the way that I feel for a moment? With God, there is always a tomorrow. Oh, you don't have to stay where you are. You don't have to just stay in the depression that you're in. But Jesus sees who you are now. And he sees who you can and who you will become. He meets Jesus. He follows Jesus. He said, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. I want you to, I, I, want, I want to walk through the timeline of Peter's life because there is a revelation in Peter's life this morning. Is that okay? 
It's going, I told you this is going to be a little different. As we go here, they're going to place these, place these different points up. Just, just put them up as we go, all right? You can get ahead of me. I don't really care. Just put them up as we go, okay? Peter meets Jesus. He follows Jesus. Everybody say he follows Jesus. Jesus, the first thing Jesus does with Peter is he goes to Peter's house. His mother-in-law is sick. How many know God cares about mother-in-laws? <laughs> even when you don't think he does, and even when you don't, God cares about mother-in-laws. Man, I got great in-laws. I'm glad about it. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus went to Peter's house, saw that his mother-in-law was laid sick in the bed. She had a fever. What does Jesus do? Jesus walks in there, touches that lady by the hand, and says, Lady, arise. And instantly, that fever left her, and she got up and began serving amazing, isn't it? Peter, Peter meets Jesus. He follows Jesus. He, 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 Jesus heals his mother-in-law. The next story that we find in Peter's life is, is Jesus tells Peter to cast his net into the deep. They've fished all night. They've, they've, they've tried. They were fishermen, mind you. They, they were fishing all night, and they caught absolutely nothing. Now you can study this out and on the order. I've got all kinds of notes and scriptures that I can share with you. But they fished all night. Jesus shows up. Jesus shows up and says, have you caught anything? They said, no. No, we haven't. He said, cast yourself out into the deep. Go out into the deep and cast your net in. They were fishermen. They knew that in the deep there isn't any fish there. You got to go to the shallows. You got to go to a particular place to catch the fish that they were wanting to catch. And, but, uh, but the story goes that, that they go out into the deep. Peter told God, to, Peter told Jesus, he said, Jesus, we've fished all night and, and we haven't caught anything. He said, Nevertheless, at your word, I'll cast this net. And how does the story go? He cast the net into the deep. He caught so many fish that the net began to break. He caught so many fish that the net began to break. Other ships came to, to help with the catch. There was so many fish in these boats that the net was sink, the, uh, the boats were sinking. When Peter saw it, he, he fell at the feet of Jesus. He was he 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 told Jesus he Essentially that he doubted. Everybody say, Peter doubted. Are y'all with me? Nudge your neighbor. Say, stay with him. He's going somewhere. Stay with him. He's I promise I am going somewhere. It's good too. I promise it's good. Jesus tells Peter, cast your net into the deep. Peter doubts. They catch all these fish. The ships are sinking. Peter falls at the feet of Jesus and says, forgive me, I'm a sinful man, just depart from me, just leave me. I didn't believe you, forgive me. Jesus says, Jesus said to Peter, fear not, from now on, you're going to catch men. Peter, can I tell you that in the life of Peter, Peter doubted, everybody say Peter doubted, but in the midst of Peter's doubt, Jesus still moved. In the midst of Peter's doubting, Jesus still 
supplied the fish. Think we got to have all this, all this together and there can't be one ounce of doubt in us as if we're not human beings. Peter doubted and the Lord, the Lord is not hindered by your doubt. Amen. Amen. Jesus, Jesus moved anyway. Peter, everybody say Peter doubted. And we see all of these scenarios. Peter watches Jesus bring a little girl back to life right after that, right after Peter's doubt. He goes into this house. This girl is dead on this bed. Jesus walks into the home and says, this girl's not dead, she's just sleeping. They laughed him to scorn, the Bible says. He said, you know what? Get out. The only people that I want in here is Peter, James, John, Mom, and Dad. That's it. That's all I want in here. Everybody else got out. He, he grabbed that young lady. He grabbed her hand. He said, arise, lady. And immediately when she, when, when he said arise, she woke up out of that sleep. She, she went from dead to alive in one word. Peter saw this with his own eyes. Peter was seeing all of these things happen. He was seeing all of these things unfold. He saw a young lady rise from the dead. After this, the next scenario with Peter. Peter is on a boat in the middle of a storm. Everybody say a storm. I feel like I'm losing you. Is everybody okay? Are you with me? Say I'm with you if you're with me. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you're with me. You don't have anywhere else to be right now, so just hang out. There and the disciples are in the midst of this storm. The waves are crashing. The, 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 the rain is blowing down. The wind is going crazy. Jesus comes walking on the water. And who's the first disciple to speak up? Oh, Peter. Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. What did he say? He said, come. Peter steps out of that boat and starts to walk on the water. He starts to walk on that water toward Jesus. But what does the Bible say? That when Peter saw the storm, he became afraid. Everybody say, Peter was afraid. Everybody say, Peter feared. When he saw the storm and he became afraid, he began to sink. Jesus reached his hand down, picked him up out of that water while still on top of water. <laughs> Jesus said to him, oh, ye of little faith, Peter, why did you doubt me? Everybody say, Peter doubted. Peter doubted Jesus. Peter feared Jesus. Peter doubted. Peter had fear in his life. Peter had doubt in his life. Everybody say, Peter had some issues. Next, next story, Peter Jesus is asking the disciples, who do you say that I am? The disciples replied, some say thou art John the Baptist and Elias and all of these other things. And Peter blurts out, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, blessed art thou, Peter. He said, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee. But my Father in heaven has revealed it unto thee. 
And he said, because you have told me who I am, because you understand who I am, let me tell you who you are. Let me tell you who you are. Your name is now Peter. Everybody say Peter. That, that name Peter means rock. He said, you, your name is now Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church. What's he saying there? Upon the man by the name of Peter, he said, I'm going to build my church on you, Peter. He said, I'm going to beat it. I'm going to build it on you personally, and I'm going to build it on your revelation of me. Upon this rock. Everybody say, This rock. I'm going, so nudge your neighbor. Say, He's going somewhere. He's going somewhere. On this rock, on your understanding of who I am and who you are, Peter, I'm going to build my church on you. And the gates of hell will not prevail against the church that is founded on you, Peter. Peter obviously felt good about this. I don't know if I don't know if you're human or not, but if Jesus said that to me, I'd be like, man, I'm okay. I'm doing all right. I'm saved. Yeah, I'd be feeling all right. And so Peter's feeling okay, and all of a sudden Jesus is talking about uh, there's coming a day very soon that I'm going to have to go to Jerusalem, I'm going to have to suffer, and I'm going to have to die. Peter, feeling all good and feeling real confident, starts to rebuke Jesus. Scripture says he starts to rebuke, everybody say, Peter rebuked Jesus. Jesus, he, he rebuked Jesus. Like of all people, you're going to rebuke. You're going to rebuke Jesus. Peter rebuked Jesus. Jesus. Jesus whips back at him and says, Get thee behind me. Golly. That ain't coming, that ain't coming from me. That ain't, coming, that ain't coming from your mom or dad, even though they want to say it sometimes. Get thee behind me, Satan, you little, you little devil. Clean your room. Wasn't coming from mom or dad. It wasn't coming from friends or, or even our pastor. It wasn't coming. It came from Jesus Christ himself. Get thee behind me, Satan. Satan. Everybody say Jesus called Peter Satan. He said, he said, get thee behind me, Satan. You don't savor the things of God. You savor the things of the world. So are you noticing a trend here of highs and lows in Peter's life? Peter is on the mountaintop. Peter is in the valley. Peter is the, is the one who the church is going to be built on. Now Peter is Satan himself. Are you noticing a whirlwind in Peter's life here? I'm going to nudge your neighbor, say he's going somewhere. It's going to be good in just a minute. <laughs> Jesus calls Peter Satan. Next story, Peter is on the mountain with James and John. Jesus calls for them to go up into the mountain. 
Another miracle not mentioned in Scripture, Peter is still with Jesus after he calls him Satan. I might have went home. I might have been like, okay, my time here is done. I'm Satan. I, there's no way I can follow you. Mir that's an that's a unwritten miracle. Peter is on the way up the mountain with James and John. Jesus, Jesus is transfigured before them. He sees a couple prophets on the mountain with him that, that just came down from a cloud of glory. Peter speaks up after being called Satan not too long ago. He says, I got a great idea. Let's build a tabernacle up here. One for you and one for these other prophets. And the story, I don't know why I find this humorous, but I just do with Peter. The story records that a voice from heaven, God himself, thundered down and said, This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him, scripture says. In other words, I feel like God was just telling Peter to be quiet. Just listen, Peter. Just, would you just listen? <laughs> Peter the next story we find Peter is sleeping in the garden. Or I'm sorry, let's go back one more. Jesus is getting ready to die. And they're at the Last Supper. Jesus tells Peter he's going to deny him. Three times Peter says, Lord, you know I'll never deny you. Next story, Peter's sleeping in the garden. When he asked them to stay awake and watch and pray, Peter is sleeping. The next story, Peter cuts off a dude's ear that's trying to take Jesus. The next story, Peter denies Jesus three times. Notice, notice the trend here. Ups, downs, highs and lows, right and wrong, failure, success. Peter has gone through it all. After Jesus' death, Peter runs to the tomb of Jesus to confirm his body is no longer there. After he has risen again, the first person Christ appears to is Peter. Then he appears to the other apostles. And the next story I find interesting, because I shared this with somebody, I won't mention any names, but I shared this with somebody and they didn't realize it. Do you, do you realize that the story of Jesus telling Peter and other men to cast their nets into the sea for a catch, do you realize that story happened twice? Story happened twice. I'm not going to ask if you didn't know that. Some of you are nudging your neighbor like, yeah, you definitely didn't know that. <laughs> how many of you, well, how many of you didn't know that? It happened twice. It happened twice. Jesus, is, Jesus appeared to Peter. Peter is discouraged. Peter doesn't know what else to do. So he goes back to fishing. Watch this now. He goes back to fishing. I told you this was going to be different this morning. Y'all with me? Everybody okay? He goes back to fishing. Jesus shows up on the seashore again. Almost as, if the, almost as if it was the same story that played out from the beginning. The, the, one, of his, in first, one of his first encounters with Christ was happening all over again. Jesus is at the seashore. Have you caught anything? 
No, we haven't caught anything. We fished all night and haven't caught anything. Jesus says, let your net down. Story records that they caught so many fish. The net didn't break this time, but they hauled those fish into the boat, and instantly Peter knew that it was Jesus. Story says that Peter jumped off of that boat, went to the shore. Notice, 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 notice what is happening. Peter has just denied Jesus three times. Peter has just fell asleep at the garden when he said, stay awake. Peter has just cut off a guy's ear and Jesus rebuked him. Peter has failed, 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 failed. And Jesus shows up in his world at a discouraged moment. Peter is at the shore with Jesus and he says, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know that I love you. You know, you know, God, that I love you. He said, then feed my lambs. He asked him again, Peter, do you love me? Lord, I love you. I, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs. Peter, do you love, do you really love me, Peter? You know, Lord, that I love you. Then feed my sheep. What was God doing? Why was this happening all over again? I'll tell you why it was happening all over again. Because the devil wants and wanted Peter to focus only on his failures, to focus only on his problems, to focus only on his denying Christ, to focus only on the betrayal and the cursing and the, all of this stuff. The only thing the devil wanted him to focus on was the bad. But when Jesus showed back up into his world, he said, Peter, let's go back to the beginning. Let's go back to where we first met. Do you love me? You know that I love you. Then just feed my sheep. Then just do what I have asked you to do. Peter, I know that you have failed. I know that you have stumbled. I know that you have messed up. But when I called you, I knew who you were and I knew who you were going to be. Peter, if you love me, then just feed my sheep. Then just start doing what I have called you to do again. I'm preaching to a church on this Sunday morning that has got their eyes on their failures, that has got their eyes on their issues and their mistakes. But I would tell you the words, amen, that Jesus told Peter, get your eyes, get your mind off of your failures and get your mind back on the purpose that God has called you to accomplish. Oh, I know where I'm at in the Holy Ghost this morning. Some of you walked in here, amen, heavy in your mind, heavy in your emotions, but hear the word of the Lord this morning. God does not see you for what you have done. God does not see you for all of the mistakes that you have made, but God sees you, amen, with a purpose. God sees you with a plan. God sees you, amen, as something. Somebody that could be a minister of the gospel. Peter, feed my sheep.
Forget about the failure. Forget about the issues. Forget about all the mistakes that you've made. Peter, feed my sheep. Finally, Peter goes to a mountain in Galilee to see Jesus ascend. Jesus leaves the church, leaves them there. Peter becomes the leader ultimately of this church because it was ordained of God upon this rock, upon you, Peter. I'm going to build my church on you, Peter. On you, you, the one that's failed. You, the one that's denied me. You, the one that has cursed. You, the one that has made mistakes over and over again. You, Peter, are the one this church is going to be built on. You, you. I've called you, Peter. God ordained it and the disciples knew it. And Peter became the leader of that church. And in Acts 2, they began to pray. They began to seek God. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, on the day of Pentecost, when it was fully come, they were all in the upper room, and the Holy Ghost fell upon them, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Holy Ghost gave them the utterance or the ability to speak. It fell on the church that was led by Peter. It fell on the church that was led by a man who made mistakes. Led by a man who has messed up. Here's the point I'm trying to get to this morning. Some of you feel so condemned. You feel like you can't do anything for God. You can't feel like, you don't feel like you can be saved. You don't feel like you can be used. I've come to preach that out of this church this morning. You can be used. You can be saved. You can do something for the, oh, I need somebody right now to agree with me. Is there anybody that would say, if it was not for the Lord and his mercy, I wouldn't be standing here this Sunday morning. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be in my right mind, but because God saw me, not for who I was, but for who I could be, but for who I could be, Brother Mark. God saw potential in Peter. God saw a leader of his church in Peter. And I want to tell somebody in this room that God sees it in you. God sees it in you. God sees it in you. He has always seen it. It has always been plain to him, but it needs to become plain to us this morning. In the midst of my doubting, in the midst of my fear, in the midst of my denying him at moments, in the midst of my mistakes, God still has a plan for me. And Peter, in Acts chapter 2, and verse 14, if you would throw that up there, Peter stands up with the 11. The other disciples were with him. The other disciples that didn't have nearly as many flaws as Peter did. The other disciples that didn't mess up nearly as many times as Peter did. The other disciples that had a little bit more together. They stood behind Peter. They stood behind the failure. 
They stood behind the denier. They stood behind Peter. And Peter began to proclaim, ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that. Somebody shout, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, and on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit. Peter proclaimed the words. Go down to verse 37. Now, when they heard this, when they heard the message of Peter, when they heard the words that the failure had spoken, they were pricked in their heart and said unto him, Peter and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles men and brethren what shall we do what do we need to do to be saved and the failure the denier the deceiver the one who cursed God the one who rebuked Jesus himself that man stood up and said unto them repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The words of our salvation are proclaimed from the lips of a man who had a past, of a man who failed and slipped up, of a man who denied and rebuked Christ. The very words of our salvation that the Bible records came from this man named Peter. And I want to tell you today that as Peter proclaimed it in Acts 2, it is still the only way to be saved. You've got to repent. You've got to tell God you're sorry for the mistakes that you have made. You've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For Peter said, this promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And I just have to believe while he was saying that to all that are afar off, I just believe he was talking about all those that have failed, all those that were weary, all those that have denied him, all those that have messed up. When Peter proclaimed those saving words, he stood there as a man that God gave mercy to. A failure proclaimed the words of our salvation. And what he said that day is still true today. 
you still have to repent. You still have to be baptized. You still have to be filled with the Holy Ghost to be saved. That's what Scripture says. you got to live a holy life unto Him. Amen. And it is the best life that you could ever live. I'm not, you don't, I'm not, nobody's holding a gun to my head to live this life. Nobody's forcing me to live this life. I live this life because it is the best life that I've ever lived. And if it was the wrong message, and if Peter gave the wrong message in Acts chapter 2, then why did God tell him to go go to Cornelius in Acts 10 and tell him what he needed to do to be saved? Are you with me right now? If, If Peter got it wrong in Acts 2, God wouldn't have told him to go to Cornelius in Acts 10. But because Peter proclaimed the gospel because Peter proclaimed the formula that we ought to follow to be saved. God said, I've got this man named Cornelius who needs to hear what you have to say. Go there. And Peter begins to proclaim the gospel to Cornelius. And as he was speaking, the Bible says, the Holy Ghost fell on them. And they were all filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There's nothing like the Holy Ghost. There's nothing like the Spirit of God. It can turn a sinner into a saint. It can turn an addict, amen, into not an addict anymore. There is nothing. Nothing like the Holy Ghost. Can I take a commercial break and say, if you haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost uh, today, you can be filled with the Spirit of God. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. God used a failure to tell us about it. And so why would you think that God won't fill you? Why would you think that it's not for you? I've come to tell you that it's for you. It's a gift. And it is for you this morning. We've got ex-felons that are in this room that God has filled with the Holy Ghost. We've got ex-addicts that God has filled with the Holy Ghost in this room. We've got ex just about everything that you can imagine in this room that God has filled with the Holy Ghost. He is no respecter of persons. He will fill you with his spirit today. Oh, I wish somebody would agree with that right now. God can fill me with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Stand with me all over the building. Look at this list. Music, come, please. That sounded mean. Come, please. Look at this list. Look at all this. Highs and lows. Successes, failures, issues, doubts, fears, rebukes, called Satan. Look at all that. Upon you, Peter, I'm going to build my church. You, yeah, you, you, when it's failed, made mistakes. You, I'm going to build my church on you. 
God's church is built. This church is built on people who have made mistakes. This church is built on people who have a past and have issues. This church is built on those people. You never know their story until you ask them where they came from, what they were into. You never know. I was in the office the other day with Pastor. And a beautiful lady came into that office. I'm not going to say her name. But a beautiful lady came into that office. Elderly lady. Godly. Loves God. Has a heart for God. Praying lady. If you want anybody to pray for you, it'd be this would be one of the ladies you'd call on. She went into that started talking about the things of God. She said, Pastor, I was a prostitute in this city. I'd have never known it. I'd have never imagined that. She said, I was a prostitute. And I've got a heart. I've got a burden for the ladies that are walking these streets. I never would have imagined. Our church is built on her. Our church is built on her. Brother Gene, our church is built on people like you. Our church is built, Peter, upon this rock. I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. And the last words that Peter records, 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18. After all of the amazing things that Peter went through, Peter was now old and getting ready to be a martyr, getting ready to be killed for preaching the gospel, and he knew it because it was prophesied to him. Peter knew he was getting ready to die. He was older in age, and the last words, throw up 2 Peter 3 and 18 there. The last words that Peter pens to us in the scripture but grow in grace feel the weight of that now grow in grace you can't grow grace grace what is grace grace is the unmerited and undeserving favor of God on your life. That's what grace is. That can't grow. That's, that's, it is what it is. It's, you didn't do anything to get it. You didn't do anything to deserve it, but God gives us grace. So what's he saying there? Grow in grace. Grow while you're in my unmerited, undeserving favor and love. Grow. While you're in grace, while you're in the love that you didn't do anything to deserve, while you're in that, while you're living in that, just grow. Just grow. There's a revelation in that this morning. Just grow. 
Peter penned those words knowing I grew a lot. When, he, when I walked with him, I grew. I doubted. I feared. I rebuked him and got rebuked. But I stayed. But I remained there. And I grew. Peter's revelation, Brother Tharp, was this. Even if I fail, God is still for me and God still wants to use me. Grow. Just grow. Just grow. You don't have to have it all together now. Just, just grow. Just, just follow me and we'll figure it out as we go. If you wait until it's all in order to start following him, you will never follow him. Never. You'll never have it all together enough to start following God. Ever. You will never put all the pieces together on your own. Ever. I'm preaching to somebody specifically this morning. You have said that to yourself this week. I will serve God when it's all together, in the right time when I get all of it figured out. Listen to me. I tell you in the Holy Ghost, you will not get it all figured out by yourself. It'll never happen. You wait on that moment and you will never come here. You'll never be back. God wants to tell you this morning, just follow me. Just like I did with Peter, we'll figure it out as we go. We're going to grow as we go. While I'm giving you grace, while I'm giving you favor that you don't deserve, while I'm giving you favor that you didn't do anything for, Brother Buster, just grow. Just grow in him. Just grow in me, God is saying. Man, I feel the touch of the Lord in this room this morning. I don't know who you are. I don't know where you are. I don't know what your mind is telling you this morning. But hear the word of the Lord. If God can do that in Peter, God can do that same thing in you. I want everybody to come to the front right now. I'm asking all that would. I'm asking you to come to the front. There's a touch of God in this room right now. The presence of the Lord is in this room. Come on, you don't have to be intimidated. We're all going to come together. Let's all come together. Nobody's going to embarrass you. Nobody's going to call you out. myself tried to live and get everything in order without you forgive me I don't want to do that anymore
repentance literally means a change of direction. You're saying, Lord, today I'm changing directions. I'm going to follow you. We're getting ready to pray that prayer together. And if you want God to fill you with his spirit today, guess what? God can and he will. After you repent, just lift your hands and begin to thank the Lord for his forgiveness on your life. Because the beautiful thing about forgiveness is that he doesn't have to do it, but he does it anyway. So thank him for that. Just praise him for that, for the cross, for dying for you. You're going to hear a language in your mind that you don't understand. The Bible calls it a heavenly language. It fell on them in the book of Acts, and it's going to fall in this room here this morning. You're going to hear that language in your mind, and when you hear that language in your mind, just speak that out. That is the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm asking everybody in this room, I'm asking you to lift your hands, close your eyes, and begin to repent. Altar team, if you would help me right now and begin to move. There's people that want to help you pray. Lord, pray that you would forgive me. Forgive me. I have had my eyes too much on my problems, too much on my failures, too much on all the mistakes I've made. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Give me a clean heart. Give me a clean heart. I ask you to forgive me. As they begin to sing and as they begin to play, I just want you to reach for God right here. Come on, God's healing some people in this room right now. Come on, the same understanding that Peter had. You need to get before you leave this building. Just grow in His grace. I'll say yes.